following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, this is Paul Edwards, and welcome to Tuesday Topics. It is my great pleasure to have as my guest a lady who you've heard before on Tuesday Topics and who I can categorically assure you you will hear again. She is chair of the convention committee, and of course, her name is Janet Dickelman. Hello, Miss Janet. Hello, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to join you. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about this year's convention in a while, but I thought it might be fun to begin our program by talking a little bit about Janet Dickelman, because I don't think that many of us know an awful lot about uh, Janet's past, so I thought it might be fun Uh to find out a little bit Uh more about that. So, Miss Janet, have you always been visually impaired? I have. I was born premature, so retinopathy of prematurity. I always tell people that I was due just before Christmas, and I knew in my little preemie heart of hearts that having a birthday at Christmas was not going to be a good thing because I love my birthday. So I decided to come in October instead. Well, that's that, yes. that's interesting because yes. I was supposed to have been born in April, and I was born in that bad time just after Christmas. Okay. Uh, oh, you were really early. I was two yep. pounds six ounces. Ooh, yeah, I was three, and then I went down a little bit. And, you know, like you, stayed in the hospital for a couple of weeks, months. Yep. And uh, the ended up actually in two different hospitals, something about my, the first hospital couldn't keep me. So they had to take me to a second hospital. And then I ended up having a congenital hip issue. So when I was uh, about a year and a half old, I guess I'd already started walking and, but my hip wasn't right. So they took me back to the hospital and did hip surgery on me and I had to relearn to walk, but I did that. And, um, so yes, I was. I've always been blind, and um, I was very, very fortunate. Had a very supportive family. I'm, I'm happy to say, I'm the oldest of three children, and my parents, especially my mother, never treated me any different. I mean, she had me in the kitchen helping her from the time, oh, from before I can remember. I was always, you know, mommy's little helper doing this and that, and mm-hmm. you know. My, uh, no, but you, <clears throat> did you end up with any vision, or did you end none? Or, or yeah, nothing. Okay, yeah. So no light, no nothing. I mean, I'm really I'm, the same as me. I actually had light perception probably for the first five years. Oh, I nope. Then it nothing, went away. Never anything, and of course the doctors at that point didn't know. I remember my parents telling me 
later on that when they took me home, it was just before Christmas. And the doctor said, oh, don't worry. She'll get home. She'll see the lights on the Christmas tree. That'll, you know, that'll get her to, she'll be fine. But that wasn't the situation. So, you know, you, you play with the cards that you're dealt. And I feel like I've had a really, I've, I've, I feel like I've had a very fortunate life. Yeah, me too. So did you, um, did, were you always a, a, a Minnesotan or no, or I grew elsewhere? up, I grew up outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mainstreamed before the word was a word um, because my mom and dad, you know, really wanted me to stay at home and not go to a residential school. They were very adamant that I stay home. And one of the school districts oh, about 15 miles from my home had a Braille program. So they funneled in a few children from different school districts. And so that's where I went for elementary and junior high school. And I had an absolutely wonderful Braille teacher, Kay Casina, who was started out, I started out with her when I was in second grade. And for some reason, when I was in first grade, the Braille teacher that I had, very nice lady, but didn't realize something very significant that was going on. And they had me in my classroom during reading group. And then I went into the Braille room and worked on my reading. Well, unbeknownst to them and me, I had memorized the books. So instead of reading the Braille, I was just, you know, parroting what I knew. So second grade came around and Mrs. Casina gave me something to read and I couldn't read it. And it was my name, Uh but I couldn't read it because, you know, it it wasn't something I'd memorized. So she rectified that situation real quickly. And I became an avid, avid Braille reader. One of the things that, um, that, that I found, I don't know if you, if you found a similar thing is there was suddenly a moment when Braille made sense. Um, it, 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 and it was, for me, it was a particular moment and didn't happen until third grade, but I went from being probably an okay reader to being able to read anything in, in kind of a moment. It just like the light bulb went on. I don't remember a light bulb moment, but I remember as soon as I, you know, figured out how to read, I was reading everything. And of course, remember family car trips and you know, I'd have yeah. one sibling on one side of me and the other sibling on the other side of me, and I'd be reading my book upside down, holding it up so that, you know, they yep. were sleeping, laying all over me, and I was reading the book at an angle. Yep. <laughs> now, here's, here's a Braille that. question. Are you a one-handed or two-handed reader? Two-handed. And, okay, I am a one-handed reader. I cannot read with two hands, and I read Braille with my left hand, but I'm right-handed. Oh, interesting. So no, I'm I'm a two-handed reader. I no. I like I like to um and in fact I like to I like to read the second half of the line with my right hand. Oh. And I am I'm have to say I'm a very fast braille reader. I can read as fast as anybody who reads with two hands with my one hand. Right. One but, of the one one of the scary things for me about my disease is that one of the common um one of the common effects of this cocktail of antibiotics is the creation of neuropathy in the fingers. Oh. And so um, I took my 
my trusty hymns Polaris. Thank you, hymns. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Paul and I are both avid hymns users, so we are. were talking about hymns earlier, so that's we why are. I was laughing. Um, so <clears throat> I I took my trusty my trusty Polaris to my infectious disease doctor's office last time and read to her for a little while and said, so I want you to pay particular attention to um, not getting me to a place where neuropathy becomes more of a problem than it now is, thanks to these antibiotics, because um, you would make me illiterate and that would not be a good thing. And, And I'd probably have to quit as president of BRL too. (laughs) <laughs> yes. So I understand that when I fell a few years ago and shattered my wrist and I lost the use of my hand for seven months and it was my left hand. Oh, and no. I couldn't, I couldn't read Braille. I couldn't read the Braille display very well. I couldn't, you know, and hard copy Braille was impossible for me to read. And that yeah. was, I was so scared that what if I don't get this use back? I, I shattered my left shoulder and kind of the same thing. And uh, I, I talked to the doctor who was going to do this, this kind of major surgery and putting pins in my left arm mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff. And, and I sort of said the same thing that I said to my infectious disease doctor, because she said there was every likelihood that I would not be able to have any feeling in my left hand. Uh-huh. And I just said, um, that's not an option. That's exactly what I said. I said, this is not acceptable and you have to make this better. Right. And um, she was amazing because she came and saw me afterwards and she said, I went so slowly and so carefully an operation that should have taken three hours took seven. <laughs> she took you at your word. Oh, she did. Yeah. She did. Thank heaven. Yes. Yeah. And being a one handed reader, I couldn't read with my right hand. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten you to the end of junior high school. What happened after that? After high school, I decided after junior high school, I decided that I really wanted to go to school in my hometown, even though I was only, you know, 15, 20 minutes away. I wanted to be in the school where the kids that I hung out with were. And so I decided that I wanted to go to my local high school. And of course, as happened in that day, my parents and the superintendent and the principal had several different meetings, you know, and they were trying to see if this was going to work out. And so one day they were having a meeting and I said to my parents, I said, I want to come to this meeting with you. And well, of course, I'm a kid, you know, it's an adult meeting. They're not going to bring me to this meeting. And I begged and screamed and cried and cajoled. And they finally just to shut me up, I think said, okay, fine, you can come. So I went and I, you know, chatted with them a bit. And then the superintendent of school said, well, here, let me take you around a little bit. So we walked around the school together and he introduced me to several different teachers. And I mean, this had been going on for almost Mm -hmm. a year debating whether they could take me in or not. And so after about 15, 20 minutes walking around and him introducing me to people, he said to me, well, let's see, today's Thursday. You probably wouldn't want to start on Friday. So how about Monday? Nice. So it just took him seeing me and realizing that, oh, yeah, okay. She's, you know, not some oddity. She is someone who, you know, she can 
speak for herself. She's intelligent, you know. She yep. capable. Yeah. She's capable. And so that's how I ended up going to school in Lake Forest, my hometown. And were you a cane user then? I was, yes. Yeah. I am a guide dog user now, but I came to guide dog use later in life. I've only had a guide dog for 11 years. Nice. So I'm on my second dog from seeing eye. But no, I always used a cane because I just felt that, I don't know what I felt. I didn't know if I wanted to take care of a dog because obviously that's a big commitment. And I didn't feel like I needed a dog with me all the time. And a cane I could fold up and stick in my purse. And that's a little hard to do with a dog. Yeah, doesn't work. Although my current dog's only 42 pounds. So she, you know, she might, she might fit, but no. Big purse. I would. I'm not putting my dog in a purse, people. Please don't think I'm doing that. Um, so, so after after high school, college? College, yes. I went to a liberal arts co- college outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin, called St. Norbert. And um, I started out, wasn't, I thought I wanted to teach. So I actually started out in elementary education. And I decided, no, if I wanted to teach, I wanted to do high school. So I start. I took a lot of teaching education courses with a um, emphasis on English because I thought I wanted to teach English. And then when it got to about time to start thinking about student teaching, I decided, I, I guess I got cold feet. I'll be honest. I said, oh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I know I'm a capable person, but do I really want to do this? Uh, so I ended up not getting certified as a teacher. I ended up with a BA in English. I am. Um, Literature. Yeah. Our, our backgrounds are sort of. Totally sort of useless, but a great, um, you know, read a lot of good books. Yeah. I am. Um, I, I, I ended up becoming a teacher and teaching for 10 years. So, um, but, but oddly enough in, 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 in a very different environment in Trinidad. Oh, yeah, that's different. It is. But I don't know if I would teach in this country. I just don't think I would. Yeah, I just, Um, you know, I decided I just didn't feel that I could do it. I don't know why. You know, nowadays with so much more equipment, it probably would be somewhat easy. It would be easier. But that was my, so as I was graduating from college, Social Security Administration was in the process of hiring a lot of people who were blind, visually impaired to work in their call centers. So I was contacted and um, scheduled for an interview. And at that time, they funneled everyone who they were interviewing through the uh, center in Daytona Beach, Florida. Mm -hmm. And so I took my last final, flew to Daytona Beach for the screening. And flew back for my college graduation. Nice. And I was very fortunate. I was selected. And, you know, I never thought, oh, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And I ended up working for them for 35 years. So I started out working in their call, you know, answering calls in Milwaukee. And then my, uh, that's where I met my first husband. He was a coworker of mine and um, he, he, he always had on his desk, you know, the big fat pretzels, you know, the big yeah. long fat yeah. ones. 
Nice. And he was always handing them out to people. Well, he kept coming over to my desk a lot with pretzels. And then he offered <laughs> me a ride one day. And it was kind of the beginning of the, the beginning mm-hmm. of that marriage. And um, mm. he hated winter. So we, after a couple of years after we were married, we ended up moving to Phoenix. Nice. And Out in Arizona. Yes. Mm-hmm. I hated it in the summer. Mm-hmm. 122 days from June 1st through uh, September 30th. I, I believe that. And it was hot, 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 hot. And yeah. I, I ended up making a lot of friends in Phoenix, and I still have a lot of very good friends you know, to this day, and it's been many years since I lived there. But I was not sad to leave Arizona, although that's where my son was born. I have hmm. one one child, and that's where he was born. And unfortunately, that's where my ex and I ended up getting divorced also. But, you know, that that happens. It does. And, it does. Uh, you know, it was one of those things. No particular reason. He just decided he didn't want to be married any longer. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, all right. Um, so then I met my second husband, who was at that point living in the Chicago area, and um, and just after we got engaged, he ended up getting a job back in Milwaukee where I started out with Social Security. So I transferred back to Wisconsin with Social go. Security. And we lived there for a couple of years. He was a radio personality and then ended up here in Minneapolis. So that's how I ended up in Minnesota. And I've mm-hmm. been here for, gosh, 25 years. And now, it's home. <clears throat> did you... Um- did you move through jobs in Social Security? Because a yes. lot of blind people I, end up. I started out, no, I started out at answering calls. Mm-hmm. Then when I lived in Phoenix, mm-hmm. I was promoted to a claims representative. So I took people's applications for benefits and processed them. And I love that job. That was a great job. When uh, Don and I got married, I ended up, there wasn't a claims rep position in Milwaukee when I came back. So I ended up back on the phones for a couple of years, but that was okay because I was only working part-time and, you know, I didn't mind. I didn't really like a demotion, but you know, it it worked out okay for me. But then when he got a job in the twin cities, there was an opening at social security's 800 number as a supervisor. So as a, on a lark, I thought, okay, I'll put in for that. Let's see, you know, yeah, sure. And I got hired, and so I spent my last 17 years with Social Security as a supervisor for their 800. Nice. Nice. Um, Social Security was a a good career for blind people. It was. It was a very good career. And I'm very glad, you know, was it? Was it a sexy career? No. Was it, you know, were there days when I thought, oh, what the heck am I doing? Why am I doing this? Of course, but that's like any job, but it really was. And for me, I, you know, was able to advance and um, made it my own. And, you know, I, I was, I was very happy there. And I started, you know, right out of college. So I was able to retire and, um, Were you were you surprised at the number of blind people who didn't do what you did? That is, who didn't seek promotion, but who yes. just were comfortable staying where they yes. were. Yep. Why do you suppose that was? 
probably the same reason I decided I didn't want to teach comfort. Yeah. And also, you know, I don't know if, um, but I, I know, like you're saying, there were a lot of people who I think didn't even try. I'm sure there's some people who yeah. applied and weren't selected, but I think right. there are probably more people who didn't try. Now we're going to get all kinds of calls from people saying, I tried all these times and nobody would promote me. Well, and, and maybe that will be something that we'll yep. discuss. Um, <clears throat> and that'd be okay. Um, I, I, I guess one of the things that really surprises me is you have this career that really is a perfect fit for people who are blind. And essentially that career has gone away. Yeah. Um, now I will say when I was hired as a supervisor, I had a couple people in my office, one person in particular, but she didn't like anybody. So I guess I have to consider the source, but she, you know, said to me, well, they didn't give any forethought when they hired you as a supervisor. I mean, it's okay to have somebody blind on the phone. Like we have so-and-so and so-and-so in this office, but they never should have put a blind person as a supervisor. Yeah. I I, I think discrimination is always going to be there. Yes. Why has the social security career dried up? Well, a lot of the 800, when, when I first started out with social security, there, a lot of offices had 800 or not 800, they had answering units in the office. And then we went to more centralized 800 numbers. And now it's all very centralized. When I were, when I was a supervisor for the 800 service, we, I think had 33 sites. I think now they're down to maybe a half a dozen because they've centralized so much. So I think there's still opportunities. I think they just aren't as available as it was. And I think, you know, I don't know this, but I know, you know, when I was looking for jobs, voc rehab, state voc rehab services was really pushing social security for people. Right. So I don't know, to be honest, why that has, why that stopped. But I think when I started out with Social Security, I mean, now everything's so automated. When I started out with Social Security, all the forms that we filled out, we learned in training class how to set up our typewriters for filling out these forms. So if I had to do someone's change of address, I put the form in my typewriter and I had all these tabs set and I had to, you know, go down two lines and tab over three times and put the name in and then tab Mm -hmm. over two more times and put, you know, and we had all these little key sheets that we made up. I had all these little braille cards of how to do these forms. Well, then all of a sudden they do a new printing of the form and all the little key sheets were (laughs) We're no longer, they, they, they somebody come anymore. to me and say, well, you filled this form out wrong. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I filled it out the way it's supposed to be. You know, what are you telling me? And they said, oh, well, so, but that wouldn't be an issue now. I mean, everything now is automated. I mean, I, I was fortunate. I had, you know, I had jaws. I had a braille display. I had, you know, everything that I needed to make my job workable. Yeah, I, I would like to understand more. Of, of, of why that career went away. And, and, and there's, I mean, the IRS jobs for the most part have gone away as well. Yep. Um, and, and I guess 
I guess here you had two places which were really the primary federal government employers of people who are blind who've essentially stopped. And I don't think it's, I don't, I would like to think it's because blind people are less competent or less capable. No, I, I wonder if part of it is that blind people have branched out so much because of all the technology that they're not looking for those types of jobs as much. And maybe the need wasn't, I don't know. Yeah. When, when you look at a lot of the jobs that blind people are taking, particularly at the lower end of the spectrum, though, um, it, it seems to me that, that Social Security would be a pretty neat position for blind people. And I'm just, I, I, I don't know, I just, it, it just bothers me that it's not there anymore. No, I, um, I understand. And unfortunately, that was, you know, that was a decision that was way above my pay grade. If it was oh, exactly. a decision, I don't know. Yeah, but, but you know, the, the, one of the reasons that I say it is here, here you have a person who worked for 35 years in, and, and was able to not only be promoted into, into pretty cool positions, but, but also ended up with, with a retirement that was really secure and really comfortable mm-hmm. and and really enabled you to live comfortably that really the rest of your life and, and and I was fortunate to be able to do the same thing yep. with with state and health stuff. insurance which is really nice it, exactly exactly and that's it so uh, you know and 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 there are lots of other blind people who who may or may not call in who knows um, who've worked for social security and 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 who've done the same thing as you have who've who've retired yeah. and and really have have enjoyed the work that they do, so that's excellent. Yeah. All right. So, so, what what made you decide to get a guide dog? What made me decide to get a guide dog? I knew that I was going to be retiring, and I knew that with my cane. I mean, I'd always get to work fine, but I wasn't one who, with a cane, was going to go. Oh, I think I'll walk up to the coffee shop today, or I'm going to walk here. Or I'm going to just go walking around my neighborhood. I, I didn't feel comfortable doing that with a cane. And I'd seen so many people with guide dogs. And I just, I thought, you know, I think now that I'm going to be home more and I'm not going to have to worry about taking the dog out on my breaks or, you know, mm-hmm. how's this going to work with a dog at work? So I decided I needed a dog for my own ability to get out and about more just at will. So I was at a convention in uh, convention in Louisville in 2008. And I had gotten them. I I missed a tour because I got stuck in a traffic jam and got lost trying to get out to the elevator. And, you know, so I, I ended up, I went down to the exhibit hall and I kind of went, my way around and I ended up at Seeing Eyes booth and I walked in there and Lucas Frank was manning the booth and I burst into tears and I said, I need a guide dog. I'm a travel zero. And he <laughs> said, well, how did you get here? I said, well, I had somebody help me get to the exhibit hall and then I kind of wandered around and he said, but you got here. I said, yeah, but I'm, he said, okay. He got somebody to man the booth and he got somebody to go with us. And the three of us went out for a Juno walk and he walked I, around with me. 
And he said, okay, you're not a travel zero. He said, at first I thought you needed some orientation help. And he said, then I realized you just needed some confidence. So they um, took me in. They, you know, I applied to them and got my first dog in 2009. Excellent. and and when and I first have, have started walking it. with the dog, I couldn't. No, no, it's it still amazes me. I was just thinking about this yesterday when Chrissy, my dog, and I were out walking around, and we walked up to Walgreens, and we went to the pharmacy, and I picked up some stuff, and then I went here, and then I went there, and then I came home, and I thought, you know, this is and this dog, you know. I have confidence in her, and with my hip issue, I don't always walk straight, especially right. cross, crossing streets always made me nervous with a cane. Because I walk straight. So um, the dog just gives me that, that confidence. Now, some people say to me, oh, I didn't know you had a dog because I do not always bring my dog to the convention. You've seen my dogs, Paul, because I, I always bring them to leadership. Yes. I bring them to the fall board meeting and all yes. of that. But at conventions, I feel like I'm so busy. I don't feel like I have the time to take care of a dog. And I don't feel like it's fair to the dog. So I don't always bring them to the conventions. But and I you need to usually else. get places really fast to put out yes. fires. Too. When I need to get someplace, I usually grab somebody because I don't have time to try to figure out where I'm going. Yep. If I yep. have something, if I've got an issue that needs my attention, I need to be there yesterday. Yep. Yep. So, so I got, I, I, I love having a dog. I've got, you know, I had my guide dog, Isabel, who was, very sweet and a wonderful dog, but very naughty. She was a food stealer and she mm-hmm. was a, she, napkins. You couldn't leave a napkin on your lap because she would steal it. And then, then I got Chrissy who is like so good. She would never think of trying to take something. <laughs> never. Excellent. No, she wouldn't. She's, she's just, she's a good girl. And, just and little, she's, as I was saying yep. earlier, she's, 42 mm-hmm. pounds. So she's just nice little size. So, yep. That's excellent. So let's talk so about A- been... ACB. When did you, when did you decide to get involved with ACB? I had gone to a few meetings in Minnesota in the nineties and early two thousands, you know, not, not a lot sporadically. And I um, had attended a couple of meetings in 2004, and I walked into a meeting in April, and the gentleman who was our president then said to me, hey, we've got elections today. You want to run for vice president? And I said, vice president? No, I'm not even on the board. I don't want to run for vice president. And he said, okay, how about secretary? And I said, oh, all right, I'll run for secretary. And unfortunately, I got elected. Yes. And... Uh, I was secretary for a term and a half, and then when he termed out as president, I ended up. I did end up running for president. So I was president in two thousand, starting in two thousand seven, for mm-hmm. two terms. And so when the convention was in Minneapolis in two thousand seven, I had just been elected president of ACB of Minnesota, and was on the convention host committee. And I had never gone to a national convention because it was always over 4th of July. And the other supervisors, you know, had 
plans to go to a family cabin or whatever. And I never really felt the need to really push to get the time off over 4th of July because, you know, it just, I wasn't going to take my vacation to go to some silly convention. So, Mm -hmm. but when it was here in Minneapolis and I knew that I had, was on the host committee and I'd been, you know, working closely with, uh, with Carla as the convention coordinator, as the host committee chair and, um, you know, done a lot of work at that point, the host committee really had to do a lot more than they do now. We went to all kinds of restaurants and asked them to get braille menus and we, you know, wrote up information about local stores and that kind of thing. Now that's the information that I can get online or from the convention and visitors bureau. But in 2007, it was something that, you know, I really got involved in doing. So I thought, all right, I better go to this convention. But the other two supervisors also had plans. So I said, all right, well, if I can, you know, go part. So I ended up going to the convention in 2007 and often I would run to my office at seven, open the office, run down to Minneapolis to the convention, stay there for a few hours, go back to the office to close it and, and, or work for a few hours and then close the office, then go back down to the convention and start it all over again the next day. So it was kind of a whirlwind, but I enjoyed myself and I made the, I sat, down one day at the information desk. Pam Shaw was the information desk coordinator at the time. And I said, oh, do you need some help? And she said, okay. So I I worked the information desk as much as I could, and I really enjoyed doing it. So when 2008 came around for the convention, I thought, and I thought, well, you know, maybe I will try to go to this convention in, in Louisville. And I wanted to go see wanted to go to Churchill Downs. That was um, exactly that I went and I helped out at the information desk also. And I was talking to Mitch Pomerantz, who was then the president. In fact, I won him. It was one of these, you know, dinner with the president. Right, right. So I bid and I, you know, I, I tell Mitch, I, I bought him at the auction. That's and right. So I said to him while we were having dinner, I said, you know, if, I love doing this information desk. And if Pam ever decides she doesn't want to do it, you know, keep me in mind. Well, in in 2009, she did retire from doing the information Mm -hmm. desk due to, you know, a lot of other things that she had pending. So I was the information desk coordinator for two years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really, that's really the pulse of the convention and you really get involved and, and, then um, I got a phone call in late 2010 from Carla Rushville, and she said, did Mitch call you yet? And I said, no, why? And she said, well, he's going to call you, and I've decided that, you know, I want to pursue some other things, so I don't want to be, can't be convention coordinator anymore, so he's going to call you and ask you if you want to be convention coordinator. And I thought, wow. So I got off the phone. And I said to my husband, I said, gosh, honey, they asked me to be convention coordinator. What an honor. And he said, well, how much work is it? And I said, well, I don't know, but what an honor. I mean, I can't believe they think I can do this. I'm, I'm just amazed that they, you know, that they, yeah. it's such an honor. So we went back and forth. What an honor. How much work is it? What an honor. How much work is it? <laughs> well, then I found out how much work it work was. It is. 
<laughs> an honor. I mean, I, I'm I'm thrilled to do it. I love doing it. People always say to me, "You do this as a volunteer," and I say, "Well, yes," and and I love it. You know, it's I I hope that I show in what I do how much I enjoy doing this convention coordination because I really I you know it's 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 in my blood and it's I basically I do convention from morning till night basically all year especially nine months out of the year so i think that i think that uh, that most people can tell that you that you like the job um how how difficult have you found traveling to look for new convention sites i haven't found it to be difficult it's it's difficult sometimes the the I won't say difficult part of it is, but it's people are always calling me saying, you know, members saying, oh, why don't you bring your why don't you bring the convention here or bring the convention to this city or bring the convention to that city? And there's so many things that are involved in determining where the convention is going to be, that it's not just the ma a matter of, oh, I'm going to bring my convention to Honolulu. You know, you have to figure out hotel prices. You have to find a hotel. First of all, it's going to fit all of our events and all of our mm -hmm. people. And we have a lot of events and a lot of people. We do. And you have to consider the price. You have to consider what's close to the hotel. You have to consider the ease of getting to and from the city. Um, you have to consider what's going to be around, you know, for potential tours. And then oftentimes, we do our contracts quite a bit in advance and oftentimes things change between the time that I have booked the hotel and the actual convention. For instance, Union Station, when I looked at it, they had a huge food court. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great for people. Come to St. Louis. There's a big food court. There was about 15 different, you know, fast food and sit down restaurants in the lobby area. Well, by the time we got there, that was gone. You know, and I don't have control over that, nor do I no. have control over the weather. Rhonda Trott, my tour coordinator, and I are, are trying to figure out how we can control the weather because we did have, especially in Minneapolis, we had our two hot air balloons and our um, twins game that were all rain outs. And, you know, we, we can't, I can't control the weather as much as we try. Yep. I, I, I remember the hot air balloon ride being, yep. being blown out because I was going to do it. Yep, uh, I had a lot of disappointed people those nights. And I have to say one thing about doing the convention that I have an absolutely awesome committee. I could not do this convention without my committee. And I mean, I truly, our convention committee is a family. I love all those people that help me with the convention. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're just, it's, it's wonderful. Even you, Rick. <laughs> he's, he's, he's staying <laughs> muted see no i've been yeah, good. I know. I've, been, I've been good janet i've been quiet all this I know, time yeah. but i know what's up with but, that uh, no no and janet no, all i, mean, all I you, can say you would agree we are yeah and 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 we all love you so yes, yeah well, and, and rick everybody and i does. always have a rick and i always you know will starbucks in the morning yeah i have to 
I'm not a coffee drinker unless it's coffee that, you know, has 10,000 calories and doesn't taste like coffee. <laughs> exactly. So normally I'm a tea drinker. So I'm yeah, that's, that's one in of my the, office. That, that's one of the requirements. The, see, that's one thing the, uh, the, the hotel in St. Louis did have. They did have a Starbucks. Remember? Has to have a Starbucks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that, because that absolute. You've yep. got During you've got you've got a I drink my lattes. You that's a breach clause if they if they get rid of Starbucks, yes. right? If they right. get rid of the Starbucks, that would yeah. be breach of contract. Yes, yeah. it would. So that's definitely force majeure. Yep. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but I have an absolutely great committee and they're, you know, they really help me a lot. And um I have a Supportive husband, my husband Terry. Um, this the first couple of years he wasn't quite sure about this whole convention thing, and he, you know, he he was not upset with the amount of time that I took, but especially in the evenings when we're you know sitting around watching TV or whatever, and my phone would ring off the hook, and he kept saying, "Why do you have to answer the phone? Can't you just let it go to voicemail?" And I said, "No, because if I do." then I have to try to figure out how to call. I have to call the person back and then I can't get them. And then, you know, it might be a two second phone call that's going to turn into a 10 minute fall draw if I don't answer it right now. So right. he finally got over that. And I said, Hey, you say you want to support me with this. So don't complain about my phone calls. And he's, he's gotten really good about it. I even got him to show up at the convention in Minneapolis for a little bit. Um, so that was, that was good. Um, but I did not get a chance to meet him. I'm sorry to say. Yep, he was he was wandering around. He he actually helped out on the uh, beach party tour. Nice. Rhonda talked him into doing it, and he grilled. <laughs> so, so that was good. And so let's let's talk about convention planning post COVID. Is it easier or harder? <laughs> it's different. Of course, last year when we didn't, you know, make the determination until the end of March was really a tough year because sure. we had so much of the infrastructure already planned for going to Schaumburg. And, you know, we had all the tours set up, we'd been, we had the bus contracts, we had a lot of things going on, and we suddenly had to change our mode of operation to being totally virtual. And, you know, we were all learning and ACB radio and the Zoom people. I mean, they did a stupendous job. Considering yep. the limit. I mean, not even considering the amount of time. I mean, they just I, I couldn't believe how Rick from his garage and, you know, Debbie Hazleton and Deb Cook. I mean, everybody. I don't even want to start naming names because if I do, I'm going to forget somebody. So I better not name anybody. But they did tremendous and now this year we've had since october to and so we're really working very hard and i've been working with all the i have a planning committee that is represented by the every affiliate program chair and every committee acb committee program chair and i've had several conference calls with them and what we're going to do this year is acb radio has given um us we have six live streams for sessions and i've told everyone on the planning committee i don't want to have more than six sessions at a time because i want to be able to stream all of your sessions so i have been working with them and they've all been really 
really good about checking with me for their times. And I keep sending out my potential calendar to them and they can, you know, see what's available. And I'm really sticking to that so that we can have everything streamed. So we're going to have six different ACB radio streams plus the exhibits channel and the ACB audio audio described tour channel that was so popular last year. So we're going to do that. And of course, everything will be on the Zoom platform. The only thing that's not going to be streamed is um, maybe some committee board, um, some affiliate board meetings or business meetings and some of the mixers. Those will just be on Zoom, but everything else is going to be streamed. So we're very excited about that. And we're even going to have a Zoom uh, hospitality room where we're going to get, you know, different members of the board, different people to come on and be on there periodically and just talk with people. And it's a place that people can come and chat and, and mingle during the convention. So that's going to be, that's going to be very exciting. And what we're also doing this year with the exhibit hall, I'm letting all the exhibitors know that in addition to their recorded exhibitor presentation, if they would like to set up a zoom room, we will, get those links out to everyone. We will, um, I'll post them on our website. I'll post them, you know, all over the place. They'll be on um, the apps for ACB. So, and the hours that the exhibitors will be available will be posted so that you can have a one-on-one with an exhibitor. We did that for the ACB of Minnesota convention and people thought that that worked very well so that you could actually, you know, talk to the exhibitors throughout the convention. So we're going to do that this year. So that's something a little bit new. So a lot of um, conventioneers last year attended for the first time because yes. we had a virtual convention. Um, what what will they find different about this year's convention? I think they will find that they can, well, the hospitality room is something new. The fact that everything is going to be streamed is something, you know, we we tried to do most everything last year, but there were some sessions that were already planned out before we went to pandemic and Mm -hmm. before we went to virtual and I just couldn't move them around. So this year, everything will be streamed. We are, you know, we've, we've learned a few, a few lessons, you know, we're going to make sure when, Make sure when you do your registration for the convention that we have a valid email for you and so that you can get all the information. We'll continue to send out the Zoom links every evening um, for people. We're working on some automated things for the ACB app for the convention. Um, We'll have a lot more available there. We will use the ACB convention website. We use that quite a lot last year, but that'll be even bigger and better. We're working with our, um, to set up our information desk and our tech desks, virtual desks, and making sure that we have, um, that they have all the information and they can really get to you quickly and help you with any kind of issues that you might be having. So, um, we hope that whether you're a first timer or a second timer or a 53rd timer that you'll enjoy it. And of course this year, and I know you talked about it last year, last week on Tuesday topics, we are going to be voting 
So that's going to be different. So anyone who is a member of ACB can vote during all of our during our general our elections, which will and, be and they don't have to register for convention to do they that. They don't have to register for convention, but you want to register for the convention. You do because the good thing about register when what there's many good things about registering for the convention. A, you will get the Zoom links in your inbox every day so that you can join in on the Zoom platform if you would like. You are also eligible for door prizes, and you don't even have to be present to win. We call your name, you get a door prize. You can um, get a bidder number for the auction. You can purchase merchandise from the mini mall, specialized merchandise. You can get your convention T-shirt, your pin, and, you know, you can be a convention sponsor if you'd like. You can purchase a newspaper to support the students. There's a lot of, and when you register, you can look through the registration form. And we're, last year, we started out with registration where if you, you had to register for particular sessions to get the Zoom links for each, for those sessions. We decided that that wasn't going to work very well. That was going to be kind of a logistical nightmare. So we are sending all Zoom links to everyone who's registered. And also, if you're registered, you also have the opportunity to help support your affiliate, your favorite affiliate or affiliates with their program costs. And as you know, Paul, you're real involved in Lua and BRL, and you know how important those are. Yes, I do. And 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 um, last year's convention certainly made a difference to to both of those special interest affiliates in terms of membership. membership you got a lot of membership, yeah, and ACB in general got a lot of right. Money. And you know, it's great for people who don't have the money to get to a convention can't do it because of a health issue or family issue. Maybe you're a caregiver for someone or you have young children and you just can't be away for that long. And we know now that we will, in the future, we will have a virtual component to our conventions going forward. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's any way we could. No, we can't close that. that. We can't close that box back. Nope. That, that Pandora's box is wide open. Yep. Yep. We want to make it, you know, as accessible for people as we can. And registration will open um, on May 20th mm-hmm. and run through June 28th. And are, are, are you doing a first week for just ACB folks? Or, or, we or are, we're well, not doing that? Registration is $25 for ACB members. If you're a non-member, it's $40. Interesting. But you can become a member mm-hmm. at large of ACB for ten dollars therefore saving you the five dollar and and can you become a member of large on at at large on the registration form not on the registration form excellent is um when when do programs have to be in registration deadline for the registration form is april 1st so I'm already getting a lot of things from the affiliates and committees so that we can get the registration program, our registration form put together. And then the program deadline is April 20th. Very good. I guess I better get my BRO so, one. Yes, done. I guess you better because I haven't <laughs> seen anything from you. Ralph gave me the times you wanted, but. 
yeah, we, we have, we, we've got the program complete. I just have to write it up. So it'll well, be good. Chop, chop. Yeah, I will. <laughs> you are all you listeners on Tuesday topics. You heard Paul Edwards say at, let's see, what time is it? It is seven fifty one. You heard Paul Edwards say that he had the program for BRL done and was going to send it to me. Yes. Yeah. I shall. <clears throat> um, right. And let me let me just promote my convention list here, if I may. We have a convention please. announcement, which I send out at this time of year. I'm sending out something at least once a week. Sunday seems to be my day to send out my convention previews, although I sent out a couple things today about the DKM and the leadership. And it is a announce only list. So you're not going to be getting any responses. Just you'll just hear from me. And if you're interested in being on the convention announce list, you can send a blank email to ACB convention and then the plus sign subscribe S U B S C R I B E at ACB lists L I S T S dot O R G. So it's ACB convention plus sign subscribe at ACB lists dot O R G. Now they, the they, ACB convention is all one word. Yes, all one word, no caps. Now very good. This new lists kind of threw me because it was a little different for the subscription. And of course, with the Braille forum articles having to be in, you know, well in advance so that, you know, Sharon Lovering can get the forum put together. I find I have it correct in there now, but I know some people have emailed me and said, I tried to send it into the other address, which I won't mention, and it wouldn't go through. But I'm hoping now that everybody knows ACB Convention plus subscribe at acblists.org. Okay, Rick, are you happy now? Yes, you did okay. great. Thank you. I, Rick is the list administrator extraordinaire, and I'm just learning this group's I.O., and there's some things that I haven't been able to quite master yet. So when I'm having a problem, I just send Rick an email and I say, Rick, please do this. Please, Rick, please do that. Rick, please subscribe this person. Rick, please subscribe that <laughs> So if you send it in correctly, you'll automatically get subscribed and I won't have to bug Rick. So he'll, he'll thank you for that. So the assumption is that, that our, our 22 convention will be both in person and um and, and virtual yes 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 and that's going to be in omaha nebraska that is going to be in omaha nebraska and that the dates for omaha let me just look here real fast i have it right here so I get da, 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 da. oh here uh i had some other convention things let me let me find omaha omaha dates are um Friday, July 1st of 2022 through Friday, July 8th of 2022. And um, that's at the Hilton in Omaha. And I really, I think people are going to like Omaha. Although I've had people say, Omaha, what's in Omaha? Well, it's a very nice small airport, which is going to be nice for people. It's about 10 minutes away from the hotel. The hotel is easy to get around and right outside the hotel when I was there anyway, and I'm sure it's still there because I was talking to my um, 
person from Visit Omaha not that long ago, and it was still all there. They have a whole area of restaurants and bars that you can, of course, go to. And then they have a big open-air courtyard and with tables. And you can, of course, eat in the restaurants. Or you can bring out anything from any restaurant or bar and sit out there and eat and have a cocktail or a, a pop, which is really nice. Because if I want to go to restaurant B and you want to go to restaurant J, but we want to eat dinner together, we can do it. Nice. Nice, so nice, nice. That's going to be really fun. So 23 is, is Schaumburg 2023, again? We are in Schaumburg and we are not going to have COVID again in 2023. But yes, no. we, we were able to renegotiate the contract with Schaumburg and we will be there from June 30th through July 7th of 2023. Mm -hmm. And then I'm working on contracts for 2024 and beyond at this point. Uh huh. So we, so we don't have anything confirmed for 2024 yet. Not right now. Excellent. Excellent. I will. As soon as I know that will, I'm, I'm very hopeful that, during the convention, if not before, I will announce during my convention report where we're going to be in 2024 and 2025. Can you share what some of the options might be? I really would rather not right now. I knew you'd say that. Mm -hmm. Well, I get. I guess. I guess anybody who listened to the board meeting, I guess, would have heard. So I guess it's not a big secret. Um, so I guess I can, but again, we're in contractual negotiations, so things can change very easily. And I want you all to know that when we get a contract in, we fine tooth comb that contract over and over, and then we suggest things and then the hotel comes back and it's not just a, okay, here we go. We're going to go to, you know, city B here. We, we spend a lot of time negotiating and making sure that all the, T's are crossed and the I's are dotted and make sure things like AV and things like food and beverage, you know, all of that is a big juggling act because, you know, they, they'll give a little, we'll give a little, they'll give, but we want them to give more and they don't want to, but, you know, and I have had contracts that I've been in, you know, negotiations with, and I really thought they were going to work out. And at the last minute they didn't but I will tell you because I announced it at the board meeting um, in February, I, we are in contractual negotiations for 2024 for the Hyatt in Jacksonville and 2025 for the Hyatt in Dallas. But again, I don't have my contracts yet. Exactly. So very, we will very good. All right. So Rick, Let's let's get ready to see if there are questions in a while. I have just a couple more for for okay. Janet at the moment. Yeah, Janet's um, Janet's pretty popular. She's got you know forty people lined up here. So. No. Huh? <laughs> oh, and they're all going to yell at us about Social Security. Or or uh, either or him. either either that or hymns. Yeah. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> my 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 last question is: Do you have hobbies that you enjoy? When you're not yeah, convinced, when I have time, yeah, I, I love to read and I'll read anything from you know Kristen Hanna to Karen Slaughter. You know, I, I'm, yep. I'm like, and I have to admit, right now I'm reading a Danielle Steele book, Total Escapism. You know, 
and I know how it's going to end after the first, you know, hour, but that's okay. You know, it's, it's just total escape reading. I, when, when I'm not under COVID, you know, I, I just love, you know, going out for lunch or dinner with my friends, going to a play, going, you know, just, just hanging out, of course, going for walks with Chrissy, uh, Terry and I like to take little, little road trips here or there. Sometimes we'll take a little staycation, just stay in Minnesota and look at a, you know, spend three or four days going to, you know, a historical site and hanging out or just, you know, going around. Um, I'm very excited this fall. My niece is getting married in. Uh, nice. Odd. Mm -hmm. So we are planning on going out for the wedding. So that will be fun. So now, yeah. have you gotten both of your shots? I have. Already? My husband has not, however. You forgot because. something, Janet. What? You play darts. Oh, I don't play darts. Oh, oh okay. This is, this is a funny story. Okay. In Minnesota, we have a blind dart league. And they're very active. We've got six teams, and they play every Tuesday night. Well, we went one time to watch some of our friends play darts, and my husband thought that this looked pretty cool. Well, my husband is sighted, and anyone who plays on the dart league blind or sighted, and they do have some sighted players, has to be blindfolded. So right. my husband plays on the blind dart league. I do not play. I go, I, I'm kind of the team den mother. I know that comes as a surprise to you. I, I help keep score. I keep everybody in line, you know. I, so I, I, So my husband's on the blind dart team, but not me. Two by two. Nice. Wine everybody up two by two. Yep. That's right. So, Mr. Rick, do we have any hands? Yeah, we sure do. Um, the first one is Mr. Brian Charlson, if he's still here. Uh-oh. He's had he's been waving his hand for quite a while. Here we Mr. go. Mr. Brian. Brian. I had to put it on I had to put it on right away because I've got another conference call I've got to go to. So I'm glad I got a chance to say a couple of things. One is Paul, for the neuropathy, you should talk to your doctor about the use of chromium as a supplement. When I started having problems with diabetes, it was recommended to me by several people with diabetes trying to avoid uh, neuropathy as much Can as possible. Help? And yeah. chromium is, is the recommended supplement to help with that. And I've experienced no neuropathy at all. I'm, I'm um, using so. vitamin B6, and I'm also. Um, yeah, I do and I'm B6 also as well. Taking magnesium, but um, chromium, I'll, I, I will mention. Hey, Thank yeah. you. Yep. It that. certainly can. Oh, yeah. So um, that's one. Two is Social Security. Um, it was my pleasure to spend a month in the city of Chicago teaching Social Security employees how to use the update in their technologies. Is when were you there, Brian? Back like 20 years ago. Uh, I'm, I remember. I was there, but. Is that where you got training? For JAWS, yeah, at one point. Yes. I, I was one of the trainers. I Maybe not your trainer, but one of the trainers. I stayed in the Congress Hotel. Congress Hotel, yes, I was there. I, it was in 89 <sighs> was when I there was there. There you go. So. I was there. I don't um, remember you. As, I mean, they had several different training sessions going on at the same time. Oh yeah. but. Absolutely. Huh. I uh, almost, I'll, I'll have to tell you the story of me and the uh, elevated. Because <laughs> I'd never been in a city with an elevated train before. 
And to get from the Congress Hotel to the training center, you had to cross a street that had the elevator going over it. Yep. And I didn't know that. It was going to be simple with me and my guide dog, West. They just cross Congress, then go up the far side of Congress, cross one more street, just up half a block, and there was and the training center. Yep. But I was a third of the way across that street and the when they started. elevated came. <laughs> and you really didn't know whether it was safer to keep going no. or to reverse. Because you, you didn't so, know. I mean, it's so loud. No, it's so loud and overwhelming. Um, so I went back to the hotel and changed my pants and then did it again. <laughs> Successfully. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there's there's that. I do think that the reason there's fewer people working IRS and Social Security these days is there's much less talk among employment age folk about working because you have a job as opposed to waiting for a career. And let's face it, nobody grows up as a little boy or little girl saying, someday I'm going to get to work at Social Security no, or IRS. Was, that was not what I had thought. You were you were just getting a job. I said that, that for 35 years. No, uh, yes, yeah, I was getting exactly, a job exactly. because I was it out wasn't of college. A, and, yeah, exactly. And I think that the attitudes these days are more this whole hold on to you can get the, the career. Also, how much did you have to move? You had to move for a job. I, well, I moved because I, I chose to move. For my first job, I had to move to get it. The first, my first social security. Um, There's position. such reluctance, I find, yep. among people to move for employment. Yep. And as I, they consolidate these centers, yes, you know, instead of having 12 places you could live, you only have six places. Right. All, all so my moves live. with social security, except for my first, when I first got my job, were because I wanted to transfer. But so, Brian, exactly. are you making a qualitative comment between the two? I mean, is that I, I think you're right that 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 Social Security is a job, and but it but turned think, into a career, but it starts yeah, out as a job. But I think there were a lot of us um, in my day, and, and and I don't know how you two feel, but I think there were a lot of us in my day who essentially said. A job is a job, and a job with with long term, with with long term benefits and a good retirement system isn't anything to sneeze at. Um, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Right. That that that's the attitude that should be part of things. Plus, right work experience when you look for a job in your career field is still better than no Nothing. experience. Yes, looking right. for that. So I I fully agree with that. I think the other thing is, well, we're talking about a long term attitude toward employment. But we are uh, none of us spring chickens, so no. we. No. It's easier to look back on long term than right. to look forward to long term. On long term, no. and I, 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 I think that plays a part in it as well. I suppose that I suppose that is true, Mr. Bryan. Mr. Bryan, thank you for your input, sir. Yes, we will Enjoy talk to you two later. Call. Bye. You shall. Bye now. Bye, Mr. Rick. Yeah, Diane, please. Diane. Ah, good evening, Paul. Hi there. And Janet and Rick, um, I had a couple things, and I put my hand up pretty quick, too, because you were talking about something that was near and dear to my heart. I put in uh, roughly 30 years with the Internal Revenue Service, Aha. and um, I'm thinking that a lot of, a lot of their um, call center jobs maybe are, were going away because... 
they are expecting people to use their website a lot more. That's a good point. Social Security has a very, um, you know, big website, although I don't know how IRS's is, and I shouldn't say this as a former Social Security employee, but not always the easiest. My sister needed to, wanted to go to their website. She needed to file. So she, of course, you know, I'm the older sister. So, you know, even though she's extremely competent and capable, she calls me up and says, okay, how do I do this? So we tried to get her logged into the website. And finally I said, she said, this is crazy. I said, all right, yep. We're just going to call in. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. But it, you know, it's, so it's gotten um, quite difficult, but, but you're IRS, right, Diane. IRS has their website and they have a wonderful phone app called IRS to go that has a lot of information. In fact, I'm, I'm going to cover that pretty soon on my apps call. Um, nice. The other thing that I, I wanted to say was um, that I, I was not going to stay uh, as a frontline assistor for my entire career with the IRS. And so I, I tried very hard, you know, to learn as much as I could and be promoted. And I don't think that I could have done it without several cited coworkers and managers who were in my corner and were willing to support me and give me the confidence to mm-hmm. want to um, move up. In so the you, were, you, were, you were lucky in terms of the office you were at. Yeah. In, in in terms of the folks you had and then and then when you moved up did they also support you in your new position oh yes that's good mm-hmm. yeah there there were always people um and and i did i wound up retiring because i wound up in a walk-in office and there's not too much a totally blind person could do in a walk-in it's office easy. Even it's a little easier being on the phone, on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. um yes but, you know, so I did find, and they were giving me more teaching and coaching assistance uh, jobs, which I liked better anyway. Um, so, you know, I, I never I never would have dreamed when I started working at a GS4 that I would have retired as a grade 11 because, yeah, you know, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us didn't think we could do it. And I think also at the IRS, as, as the technology has improved People, you know, blind people there have branched out into other jobs. And, um, you know, and that's probably just just as well, I guess, if the call site jobs are are drying up. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the only other thing I'd want to say, Janet, is that I hope that um, I can find a way to make myself useful um, before or during the convention. I know we've been in contact a couple times and, uh, oh, I, okay. Okay. When, when said Diane, I thought, Oh, who is, okay. Now I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. be in touch. Okay. I think we'll find things for you to do, Diane. I, 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 I promise. Okay. And, and, and you need to save your pennies so you can come to an in-person convention next year. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Schaumburg. Gotcha. You know, because that's that'll closer be, to me. That'll be a great well, convention. I, I was at Schomburg for the for the board meeting and tours stuff, um, and so I can tell you it's a it's it's a really nice spot and you'll like it. Well, I'm waiting for Schomburg because I'm my my sister and brother in law and niece are all in the area, so oh, I'm going to make them all work. I already had them signed up for 2020 as volunteers. Uh, so. Ah, yeah, I'm I'm assuming that they. Um, 
I'm, I'm assuming that if you're in Schaumburg that you maybe have access to things in Chicago. Oh, you do. Uh, you do. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's pretty close. Yeah. I pretty mean, close. it's not like right there. And just so people know, that is not why we're in Schaumburg because of my sister and brother-in-law. In fact, when I looked at the site, I didn't even <laughs> tell them I was looking at the site and didn't even tell them till just before the fall board meeting. And I said to my sister, oh, by the way, we need somebody to drive and help, you know, do some to look at some tours. So you're, you're coming. (laughs) (laughs) Diane, thank you so much, dear one. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll be in touch. So, so appreciative to have you as a regular listener. Thank you for, for being a part of Tuesday topics. Thank you. Mr. Rick. Yes. Sharon, please. Sharon. Miss, Miss Sharon. Yes. Hi, everybody. How are hey, you? How are you? Hi, Hi Sharon. Hi, how are Hi, you? Rick. From Hi, Massachusetts. Hey, yeah. Sharon. Oh, your voice Sharon and so I met now. in Louisville at, at my first. It's, it's, it's very different, isn't it, a, um, Sharon? Yep. Your voice? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Very nice. Very, very nice. Very deep now. Yep. Very deep now, yes. Well, anyway, I just, first of all, I want to say that um, I'm impressed with your Social Security run because I would have made it literally for about five minutes as a Social Security rep. Because it goes over my head very quickly. Um, yeah, you to learn. You know the term, you learn, but it, you know, talk about being a job. <laughs> you would have had. <clears throat> you would have had a great phone personality, though, Sharon. Oh, that, oh, that, I, that part I enjoy, and I do. My current position, I, I'm on the phone a lot, but, the, but the content of Social Security would have driven me nuts. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot to learn. And- yeah. I'll tell you, my coworkers and I, we get together. Well, we did until COVID, and we will again yeah. get together once a once a month to go out to lunch. And there's about ten of us who get together regularly, and we sit there, and you know, somebody will bring up something, and then we start shooting out the acronyms and talking about it. <laughs> it doesn't, still there. It's still well, there. One one of the things that kind of boggles my mind now, whenever you call a call center, is that they want you to rate them, uh, like I'm on charter spectrum and without fail 15 minutes after the call i will get an automated call asking me to rate the you know the performance and the same with uh it happens with instacart even though that's not a call center yeah and with doordash and i'm thinking it it almost says to me uh, are people waiting for these ratings is this what's making them motivated to do a good job because when I was growing up, it was like, you know, you customer service is what you're here for. Yes. Mm-hmm. So of course, of course, you show up on time, and of course, you do everything you can. And I just, I'm curious what people think about what this rating system is all about. Well, I know that some of my, if an employee, if someone, if a caller said to an employee, oh, I want to, as a supervisor, if I got a, every once in a while, I would get calls transferred to me because they wanted to compliment the employer. And then I would have to, you know, write up a little thing to put in their file and, you know, put it up on the bulletin board or whatever, you know, kind of thing. And I think you're right because when I would monitor calls periodically, which is was part of my job as a supervisor to observe calls, there would be some people who would somebody would say, Oh, you really did a good job. Thank you so much. You know, can I talk to you? Can I talk to your supervisor and co-? and mm. they'd say, Oh no, that's not necessary. 
and other people who would say, oh, sure, sure. Give you my, yeah, you want to talk to my supervisor and tell you thought I did a good job? Okay, you can talk to my supervisor. And I think you're right. I think, you know, people people like that accolade. Yep. But it, it does seem like, um, uh, especially for the delivery drivers, um, that is all important um, for them to keep getting, you know, the next job. I think in some of the cases... Yeah. Bon- they might be bonus based. Oh, maybe I'm not sure and, about and that. And also, if they if they fall below a certain level, they get removed. They get yeah, they That's get dinged true. or something. That's, yeah, they, yeah, they get dinged. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm looking forward to the convention um, this year. Um, I'm back on the scholarship committee, good, which is amazing. We had, I think we've had a hundred a lot of applications this oh, year, didn't you? I just read through sixty two. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and um but anyway so i'm looking forward to maybe doing well, enjoy the and recording and you know that kind of I, thing. I know that we'll be in touch because sharon and i stay in touch via email periodically yes yes so, sharon again, thank you so much for your call absolutely have a good night bye-bye you too bye mr rick beth please hey guys thank you hi. great hi, great show, show tonight and i had a couple of comments number one i love hymns too Oh, good. <laughs> okay. We had this conversation <laughs> earlier about the new hymn six. Have you read yes. about that? I didn't. I, I, I didn't hear you guys talk about it tonight, but I've heard about it since. Awesome. Yep. Um, <laughs> the other I'm on thing the is, list. Yeah. The other thing is I am wondering if it is possible that part of the reason for the lack of interest in the social security jobs. Well, and, and they may have dried up, which would, you know, that, that would be, that would be the number one thing, but could it be that because people are into mainstream and they're afraid of quote blindness jobs or quote being segregated unquote, I wonder if that has something to do with it. And oh, the other, the other, the other thing, the other thing, and then I'll I'll mute so that someone else can come on. But the other mm-hmm. thing is, Janet, I would like to know why we can't use vote now for state elections, federal elections, any kind of elections. I love vote now. I've used it with GDUI stuff, and it's great. I just wonder why it couldn't be used for the mainstream election so i'll listen to your comments i don't that's that's out of my that's out of my pay grade also i don't know i know that vote now does have a cost for state elections i mean ggui pays for it acb is paying for it so i don't know if it's feasible for state elections and as for mainstream elections i i don't know paul any thoughts on that one i think um there there are a couple of states that are using telephonic elections, um, but not very many. And and the general consensus is that there is a belief that they're not secure and that they're easily hacked. Um, I don't know that that's the case, and it doesn't seem to me that it would be. And it's the, as I say, it's being used um, in a number of places, it's also being used in a number of countries. I think Australia uses it, New Zealand does to some degree. So I know that with ACB, everyone gets a unique code. And right. So when you get your unique code for voting, hang on to it. Yep. Yep. 
Um, but but it's 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 a it's certainly a, it's certainly a good question. Yep. But um, I'm sorry, I don't when, have an answer for that. When one. I have the 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 voting task force back on, I'll ask there them. There you go. Best. Yeah. And what cool. do you think Th- about the the idea with Social Security, the the, the quote unquote segregation and the quote unquote blindness that, job idea? That uh, could be. And I do know that. You know, when I first started with Social Security, it was all the specialized training for people who are blind, visually impaired. I know that they stopped doing that because I know that you're right. There were some people who said, oh, I don't want to have to go to a special training. I just want to be trained like everyone else or with everyone else. But I I don't think the job itself is segregated at all, though, Beth. I I mean, you're you're working with everybody else in a Social Security office or, or on a phone bank. And, oh, yeah, and, I'm sure. I mean, it, I was in medical transcription and I had people occasionally say, oh, that's something about a, I, I don't want to do that. I, that's a blindness. It is not a blindness. Job. It's not. Yeah, no. I think I think you're right. Maybe it's a perception. Miss Beth, yep. thank you so much for your call. Thank, thank you, guys. Bye, Beth. Uh-huh. Bye. Mr. Rick. Chris Coulter, please. Chris. Hello. How are you? Hi, Chris. How are you? Good. I was very intrigued with the discussion of Braille. And um, how you uh, as children versus two-handed versus yeah like, whatever that, and also the braille moment the yes. moment when it made sense. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I am. I think I'm a one and a half hand reader. Okay. <laughs> because when I read with my left hand, try to read with my left hand, it's almost like reading upside down. Oh, see, that's how reading with my right hand is to yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm right-handed. Okay, so am I. And this, and the second, um, you know, but so I kind of uh, use my left hand as a, something to keep me on the line and make it so when I read fast, I don't lose my place. But the the Braille, the moment when Braille made sense for me, and I had forgotten about this until you brought it up. Um, I wanted, in the worst way, to read well and to to have a very expressive way of reading it even in the first grade and i just wasn't getting it well um i think it was either toward the end of first grade or the beginning of second grade we started in the resource room using finally using the brailler the perkins brailler And I got the paper in the brailler, and uh, my teacher had me write the alphabet. I'd learned all the numbers and stuff, all the dots, uh, the keys. And I wrote the alphabet, and then she said, write your name. And I did that, and by that time, we were starting to use contractions a little bit, and I I did it with con- uh, first with just grade one, and then I did it with contraction. And I looked at that paper in the brailler that I had written on, and yep. that was when the light bulb just went off in my head. I oh, could do this. How cool I is did that? This. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> how cool is that? There are lots of people who say that's the case, Chris. So, oh, good. Uh, so that's interesting. You yeah. know, now that you're talking about this, I'm I've got a memory coming back to me that I had forgotten about. I remembered it when we were in Rochester because we went to the museum. But mm-hmm. when I was, you know, remember all the commercials for Jell-O, J-E-L-L-O. Yes. You, know, you heard them all over the place. One day I was sitting in my classroom and I was probably maybe second grade. I don't know. And 
I wrote Jello on my paper just because I could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. And that was yep. so cool to see it there. And I that maybe you know I never thought of it as my aha moment, but I guess it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's just something about that association Take, with taking my something hands from the it. world and, yeah. and turning it into Braille. Into something yeah. that I could read. Yeah. Yep. And could do myself. Cool. Well, that, and that's so cool. That's yep. no matter, you know, just yep. it's just so cool. <laughs> Miss Miss Chris, thank you for thank your call. You, thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kathy, Mr. Rick. Kathy Casey, please. Hey, Kathy Casey. Hey, Kathy, how are you? Good evening. Good evening. First of all, I'm going to make this quick, but uh, kudos to the radio staff and all that uh, worked on the convention last year. And it was it Weren't was they amazing. I mean, they, they were. oh, my gosh, I did. You'd never know that that was the first time you've ever done it. because no. it was just amazing. Um, I was going nuts, switching back and forth between the uh, A-Lady, the iPhone, the iPad. And I just want to, you know, I'm looking forward to to this year. Good. Um, the other thing is, Rick, if you're listening, I've got a technical issue and I'm going to uh -oh. give an example. The A-Lady is not working tonight for ACB Radio. I know we're working on it. Oh, you do know it. Okay. Yep, okay. Sure do. I yep. mean, I tried. I thought it was me. I'm like, wait a minute. I did it again. I got the same answer. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you if you say play ACB radio mainstream on TuneIn, it will work. But the skill isn't working. But we're working on it. Yeah. Thank you, okay. Kathy. All right. Very good. You mean all the thousands of people who'd be listening to Tuesday Topics on ACB Radio can't hear us today? No, yeah. they'll, 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 no they'll, they'll hear, it on, they'll hear wanted, it on podcast. That's, that's what I wanted to do because, um, because I wanted to save the battery on my phone. <laughs> but, the, but the cool thing is, Kathy, that because they couldn't listen on the A-Lady, they had to call in on Zoom. There that's you true. go. See that? <laughs> so you probably got a zillion And then calls. they got to ask questions like you. Exactly. If you'd been listening, you wouldn't have come and talked to us. That's right. All so. right. I won't I won't keep you guys. I just want oh, to thanks for calling. Hello. All right. Thanks, Kathy. Yep, bye now. Mr. Rick. Phone number in ending in two seven zero four, please. Oh, hi there, Janet and Paul. This is Nancy Unger. And oh, hi, uh, Nancy. hi. Hi there. I've always enjoyed all your conventions, but the, I, remember the, I, I got distracted temporarily, unfortunately, for a moment. Did, where did you say it was next year? I heard Schaumburg in 23. Oh, uh, Omaha, um, Omaha, Nebraska in 2022. Uh, oh, Omaha in 2022. Yep. So where's it supposed to be? Supposed to be Phoenix this year, right? Like, yes. Right, virtually? Or? Yes. Oh, okay. And also, um, I, I also wanted to know, uh, what uh, whatever happened? Oh, oh yeah, it is Phoenix this year. Good, good. And wow. I know for a long time the membership. This I'm not. I'm not wishing to offend you. I'm, I'm fond of you, but why can't the membership have any kind of choice? If we give a couple of choices, like a long time ago, the membership used to be involved in. You know, you, you would give a couple of choices, and people would vote on something. Would that ever come back? I mean, I've heard about that. That was long before my time. So I don't, I understand. I don't know <laughs> anything about that. And nowadays, Nancy, the contractual negotiations are so involved, especially okay. you know, making arrangements for AV and make, and you know, if you're not involved in everything, behind the scenes sometimes you know making a selection like that might not be the best for 
our convention needs. So I think that's why that was stopped. But that was long before oh. my time. Yeah, I am not. I am not young enough um, that I don't remember that whole period. And I think part of the reason why it stopped is because it took too much time. That maybe um, also. Yeah. Um, well, I know, wasn't trying to offend anyone. I was just curious. Oh, no, 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 uh, no offense taken. No offense taken. But I, 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 I think it, it just it, got to be yeah. a logistical issue. And, it, it, you know. <laughs> but it was fun. It really I was heard, fun. They had parties, right? Oh, they did. They had I parties. Heard. And, and they, they, gave out, they gave out little awards. But. But I think the system sort of killed itself because one year Tampa gave everybody horns and all through the convention, people kept blowing the horns. And, and I think a lot of people in ACB got really Just angry. said, okay, they forget were, it. They were called so the Tampa Phoenix. Tutors. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. So Phoenix this year. And well, we're virtual and, and, this year, so we're not in uh, Phoenix. Yeah, and, and then Omaha will be in person next year, right? Omaha, Omaha in person, person next. next year. Yes, that's that's oh, you. you know. Everybody said to me, "Well, we'll do we'll do uh, Phoenix in 2021, right?" When we made when we decided to go virtual for Schaumburg, and I never thought we'd go virtual for Schaumburg, and I certainly didn't think we'd be doing it again this year. But I mean, I'm I'm 99 percent sure we'll be able to be in Omaha next year. But I've learned that nothing is ever for sure. But yes, that's the plan. Thank you, Miss Nancy. Bye, Nancy. Bye, bye. Thank Rick. you very much. Uh huh. Yeah, Melanie, please. Hello. Hello, Miss Melanie. How are you? I'm good, and I am Melanie. Hey, um, Janet. Real quickly, I was really excited because I found out you are one of the few people that I've ever heard describe their reading who did, who reads. Apparently, the way I do, left-handed, one hand. Yes, one hand, left-handed. Even though I'm a right-handed person, and you know, I knew, I knew there was a reason we got along, Melanie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I always said when I was a kid, it was because I usually had a cookie in the other hand. But yeah, um, well, sure, because you could do stuff with your other hand and read. That's right. Mm -hmm. So I have a quick question about convention. Though, and you don't too. read with both hands, do you? You just no, read no, with the one. Yeah, one. okay, good. The other one just gets in my way. Yes, the other hand is there for other things. It. Yeah, it, it's it's busy with other things. Yep. So, um, What's your convention question? My convention question is about the exhibit hall. Yes. Are you planning to do the recorded sessions from the vendors the same way that they were done last year, that they're on a, a particular schedule? Or might there be a way that people can um, pick them, you know, from what they want to hear? I don't think there's a way we, what we're planning on doing last year, what we did, and I thought this would work out well for all the exhibitors. We kind of varied the schedule. So they were at a mm -hmm. different time each day this year. We're going to keep them on the same schedule. Ah, each okay. Time so that you'll know you won't have to try to figure it out. And the recordings yeah. aren't going to be quite as long. Okay. So okay. you're going to be, and then we'll have the zoom room availability. That that will help. I, there was a couple of vendors that I never got to hear till afterwards in the podcast because I could never get it on at the time that yeah, they were I, on. And I think that's true for a lot of us. Um, yeah. So, 
It, but if Janet publishes a schedule of when each vendor is going to be on yep. every day. And we did last we year, but it choices. varied from day to day. But this yeah. year it's going to be the same. So you'll know that we've okay. been picking on hymns all night. So I'm just going to pick on hymns again. We'll know that hymns is on at noon every day. Right. right. Yep. And that, I think, might help. Yeah. Yes. And what I, days are the exhibits going to be? Are they going to be available all week or well, just on Yes, Sunday? all week like they were last, last year. Okay. So Friday through Friday. Great. And Thank I just want to say something. I just heard something tonight about some of the audio tour, audio, audio described tours. And I understand some of the popular ones from last year are going to be back. And especially oh, some of the ones that we're not able to podcast, we're going to have again. I'm not, I nice. don't have a full list, so I don't want to mention anything for sure, but that's what I was told. So that'll be fun. Excellent. That will be fun. Excellent. Miss Melanie, thank you so much. Keep reading with your left hand, Melanie. Oh, I will. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Rick? Jean, please. Jean. Hi, Paul and Janet. And Rick. Uh, hi, Jean. How are you? Fine. We are well. That's good. So um, I keep thinking of more things as I hear these conversations tonight. Um, I'm pretty much a right-hand Braille reader because I'm usually holding the book with the left hand unless I'm on a Braille display or something, and then I might use the left hand to keep my place. But mostly I'm a right-handed Braille reader. Okay. Nice. And, and when you were talking about um, Braille writers and that kind of stuff, well, when I was in first grade, I went to a um, school in the city of Buffalo. Um, I was busted in kind of like you were, Janet. And we had these pegboards with these little pegs. And yep. that's how we learned our dots and stuff. And then when I was in second grade, I went to the regular public school in my neighborhood and they got me my first Braille writer to use in school. And I remember um, I didn't have it very long and I put the paper in and I put it in wrong somehow and I, and I jammed the, the, the paper got jammed in there. And when they, when they finally got it out, I had broken the Braille writer and they had to send it back to get it fixed. Oh no. I don't think I'd had it for more than a month or two. There was such a weight when I was in school. I mean, we had a couple of Braille writers at my school when I was in first grade, but I didn't get my own until the end of first grade. And that was such a big thrill to have my very own that I could, you know, have at home over the summer. And yeah, my school district let me bring mine home at the end of second grade to use in the summer. And then because you broke yours. Well, no, I had, they had fixed it by then. Oh, then I, okay. I knew. And <laughs> Then in third grade, I got um, Lions Club bought me one, um, and my mother. Nice. If you anybody read the article, my mother used to transcribe books, French books. Oh yeah, I remember that. So, um, so she and I shared that Braille writer until I went away to school. Remember carrying a Braille writer around through school? Yep. But Tavi, you should have seen. We all had Braille writers, and I hate to tell you how many times instead of running into each other, our Braille writers ran into each oh, other. Oh yeah. Oh God! Yeah, one so. of one of the dads of one of us, one of the kids in my Braille resource room, came up with a you know, and this was before luggage on wheels, but he bought some old suitcases, and he put wheels on them, and he fitted them so that there was a compartment that just fit the Braille writer, and then you could put your books in the other open compartment inside the suitcase, and then oh, cool it up and wheel it behind. Yes. And that was, I mean, that was super innovative. That was, you know, that was first oh, yeah. first suitcase on on wheels. Yep. Well, I remember trying to carry books and Braille writer, and 
one of the oh, girls, yes. one of the girls in Batavia one night came back from study hall or something. And she walked up to the second floor and she dropped her braille writer and it went over the railing <gasps> and down. Oh my God. Down the stairs. That could have killed be, somebody. Well, it, it broke it in half. Well, yeah. Oh and my it, goodness. It, it, yeah, it, it, just, it, it, it just gives me awful feeling. Just, I wasn't there. I didn't hear the noise, but. You know, everything echoed in that hall anyway. Oh, so. that would be terrible. And oh, and, oh my gosh, thank God somebody wasn't walking down there. That was my first yeah. thought that it hit. I mean, yeah. no. you wouldn't want to be hit by a Braille writer. No, you wouldn't. You definitely wouldn't. No, that would no. be pretty scary. Oh. Miss, <laughs> Miss thank Chief, you, thank Chief. you a lot for your call. <laughs> okay. Take care. We'll talk to you all Take later. Care. I'm going to be that thinking about that and, Braille and, writer and now you for have, a while. You, you have <laughs> subscribed to the Braille Reader's Digest already, right? Yeah, I don't know that it hasn't come out yet, has it? It's supposed to start with February. I know, but they're so far behind with their magazines. I mean, I'm still getting things. Yeah. But at least they're back to doing it in Braille. That's good. I they are. It, it is so exciting. I am I'm, I am so proud of NLS for doing that. I, I, I am so happy. I mean, I'm sorry that Oprah's going away, but Oprah's gone anyway. It's not that they're not doing it. They just, Oprah went away. So yep. they're replacing it with Reader's Digest, which is great. I'm so glad I got you guys to write that letter. Very good. <clears throat> Thank you, Miss Jean. Jean. Thanks. Hey, take care. Bye. Mister mm-hmm. Rick. Phone number six seven four one, please. This is Chris Green out in Utah, and I just want to say this has been a marvelous meeting. I've been very informed and enjoyed what we've talked about here tonight. Um, Thank you. I'm actually so glad that there's going to be a virtual component of all of the future conventions, because I'm probably at a point in my personal life where I would be unable to attend in person. I thoroughly enjoyed last year, and I know there's not time or no way of knowing everybody that should be thanked for all of the wonderful things that are going on in ACB right now. It is just magnificent. And then I want to make one personal comment to Janet. Mm-hmm. I talked to you, you probably don't remember, but I talked to you about some kind of issue Back in the Reno era, when we were out there, that was the last national convention I was able to attend. And that was about the time you'd broken your wrist. And every time I get one of my news or one of my emails about conventions, I think I should call her and see how her wrist got. And then I think, <laughs> no, I'm not going to take her time. But oh. I think about it and I think about it. And I just want to say I'm so glad when you mentioned tonight that you're doing pretty well with that risk because i know they can be so horrible to ever repair fully but i'm so glad to hear that i do remember talking to you and you know chris thank you so much and thank you for and yes after several surgeries they find and much physical therapy they finally decided that the pins and the screws that they had put in initially that were supposed to be permanent they just had to take them out because i wasn't going to recover without it so they took everything out and it was like a miracle and I was able to use my hand again. And it was, it was, I have to tell you, that was the scariest. I've, you know, I've had terrible, I've had bad things happen to me. I've lost both my parents, lost my second husband to can't, I mean, you know, and I've been depressed about things that, you know, obviously tragedies in your life are, are very hard to deal with. But that wrist was personally the worst thing I've ever had to go through because I felt so unable to do you know i couldn't read and i couldn't yeah. use my guide dog yeah and i've i've been worried about you and i've thought about yeah. it so much because i've known other people that have had such horrible times and never do fully recover i was, I was very I lucky just, i had a wonderful physical therapist and thank you 
Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah I had I, just, I'm just gotten glad my to... guide dog in January, and I broke my wrist in February and couldn't work her for seven months. Oh, dear. Yeah, but anyway, I just want everybody to know how appreciative I am of what they do and everything that goes on. God bless you, and with that, I'll shut up. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Enjoy the virtual convention, and you can call me anytime. My phone number's out there all over the place, so anybody... I've got it on my contact list. Uh-oh. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, Mr. Thank Rick. You. Yes, the Irishman Terry. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, I think it's the green uh, lady. How are you? And that's the and that's my my fellow Irishman. At least on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> that's right. You know, I didn't get to, I didn't get to come to your any of your Irish. And I have to tell you, I'm still upset. I'm not Irish, but last year everything closed down the day before St. Patrick's Day here in Minnesota, and every year. My husband and I go to our local bar restaurant and we get there at 11 o'clock on St. Patrick's Day so we can get tables and we stay there for several hours and we have a whole bunch of people who just kind of come and cycle in and cycle out and some stay, some don't. We, you know, some years we've had 20 people that just come and come and go and we just sit there and I'm still bummed that we couldn't get together last year for St. Patrick's Day, and now we've now I've missed two. So, I was ah oh, that that is a shame. I'm try, I'm trying to put the recordings of the calls that we did do up on my website, my visibilities.net website. Okay, so hopefully you'll at least get to enjoy, to enjoy a little of what of the day, even if it is retroactively. Um, I do have a question for you this evening, and that is. What's going on about video for the convention this year so that we, we get will, things like the movie and that kind of thing video, with video? We will have general sessions. We'll have video. We will have um, the option for our affiliates and our committees to do video. I do not know yet about the ACB movie um, that we have because, A, we tie that into the Academy Award winning picture. That's what we've done in the past several years. Anyway, I don't know if we're going to be able to get the permissions to show that as video, but I do know that we are going to do something, um, have an Olympics extravaganza the last night of the convention. And I don't want to say too much right now because I'm just waiting for some final information, but I know that there's that's going to have a video component, but I can't tell you for sure about the ACB film night. All right. Well, I thank you. So, and just Terry. to let you guys, just to let you know, um, this is available through Lady A on TuneIn. Yes. Yeah, so, ter so Terry, in, yes, in terms Paul. of, in terms of video, are you asking about it, it because it would, the, it would benefit partially sighted people? Very, very much. Yes. And Especially what happens like with the movies year's... is it just kind of depends on what kind of permissions we can get. Like last year when we did Pick of the Litter with Disney, we weren't able to get permissions to do the video. It just there's there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, it's too bad that you can't just use if they've put it out on DVD or something and they have your yeah. audio description on there, it'd be great if you could just use yeah. that. Anyway, it yeah, that's it's Yes. I think that it is, but especially for people who, who have low vision and especially the newer people 
who have a reduced vision but may not, but but can still watch it on their screen. We'll do the best we can. Thanks Thanks very much. All right. Thank you. Happy belated St. Patrick's Day. Exactly. Bye-bye. And Mr. Rick, who do we have next? And that's it for hands for now. That's it for hands for now. All right. What else do you want to grill me about there, Mr. Paul? Well, I thought it would be, I thought it would be interesting if we talked about um, how you feel we're going to do trying to integrate in-person and virtual conventions. Do you think that, do you think that's going to be something we'll take to naturally or is it going to be a difficult exercise? No, I think we have two, we have two, we'll have two virtual conventions under our belt and we're just going to have to, um, I'm working you know, with the hotels that we're already contracted with and with the new hotels that we're discussing to see what we can work out as far as wired internet in meeting rooms so that we can have streaming and so that we can have the Zoom capability. So I, you know, it's just going to be a little logistical issue, but I think because we've had our two virtual conventions, we have the virtual background on how to make it work virtually and it may be a little easier because we will all be together we won't have rick poor rick working from his garage and tony and company in uh alexandria Alexandria. you know so it's it may be a little easier than it has been to do the virtual but like i said we after this year, last year, I think we really, we really got it. And this year we're going to get it even more. And so it's just, you know, like anything else, it's a learning experience, but I think Rick, do you agree? I think we can, I think we can make it a good transition. Yeah, no, we're definitely going to make it happen. Uh, There's a lot of interesting uh, logistical challenges that, that we'll need to figure out, but, but but yeah, we're, we're absolutely committed to it. So. Yeah, We're committed, no, all right. There'll, there'll there'll be there'll be a number of hybrid conventions probably before ACB next year. Yeah. Yeah, we've got Florida coming up, and uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, I I I was at the Florida board meeting, and as a as a hybrid experience, that did not work well. So, we we you know we've certainly made some changes for for the convention coming up and I have every expectation that it'll work better, right. but, but I'm not going to be comfortable until, until I see a couple of hybrid conventions yeah. that actually do work well. Um, because, because I think, I, I think it is much harder than people give it credit for. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's it's harder. It's, it's different. I don't know. Yes. harder, But it's different. And, you know, we're all going to, the one thing about ACB that I really like is for the most part, we're all, we all understand that we're all doing this, you know, we're all in this together and, you know, we try to be forgiving. If, if something doesn't go right, we understand, you know, we're all humans. We're, we're doing the best we can here. And uh, we, we want to do put out the best product that we can. There may be a wrinkle here and there, but you know, we'll, We'll get it. It everything's a learning curve. Yeah, in the future, Paul, we're gonna we know how to make the AV work. 
Um, yes. If that's what you're referring to. So thank you for, you know, being a, a, a guinea pig there, FCB board meeting. No. Um, yeah. Well, and, and our convention coming up as well. Yep. I'm I'm hoping to be there in person, so we will we will see how it all works. Yeah. Um, so I think but it it should be fun. Uh, I mean I I I don't want anybody to think that that that, that I am suggesting that it's not doable because that's not oh no 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 what no. I'm suggesting it's it's but but I am suggesting that it's hard. Um, yes, and I it, think it is. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a learning curve. Yeah, it's harder. Yeah. It's harder than what people think. Yes, it's, it's, right. I mean, it's not just flicking a switch, or, no. or, or it, you've got to get a bunch of settings to work right. Yeah, yes, it's 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 basically virtual times two and a half. I think that's right. Yes, I it's, think that's right. It's a balancing act. It, it will be, but we'll we'll make it work because we're like Rick said, we're committed. So, Miss Janet, because of the fact that we've that we have, whether we like it or not, added virtual conventions. Um, into our future um is that going to limit um the number of properties that you might be able to look at i.e is one of the things that you're going to have to look at um the the, the presence in whatever hotel you're going to use of a pretty sophisticated internet system yes we're good well we're go that's why i was saying instead of oftentimes we may have wired internet in a couple of places the ballroom we always have it for the right. stability and then normally we have it in at least one room because you know until 2020 we were streaming just a couple of afternoon programs so mm -hmm. now we're going to have to make sure that the hotel you know that we can get wired internet not just wireless internet so i don't know if it's going to limit our number of properties but it's certainly given me additional things to consider is it going to add additional costs, do you think? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it has to. I mean, they're not going to give us... Wait. So, yes, it's it's not... Doing a hybrid convention is not as... Is going to cost more than doing a an in-person or a virtual convention singly. But we want to do it. And people have said, are you... Are if you go to um, a hybrid convention, are there people who aren't going to come to the convention who've come in the past? And there may be some of that, but I know that there are a lot of dedicated convention attendees who like the convention for the convention and also for the tours and also for the camaraderie and also for going out to restaurants and making it their vacation. So I believe that we will still have a large in-person yeah, well, I, and, and I, I, I really think you're going to have a lot of first timers come to the to that convention too. Right? Yes, because a, they've a gotten lot, their feet wet. They right, know they know what we have to offer. We'll probably have more first timers at that this next year. convention than no at the at oh, the first yes, physical in Omaha convention. Than we have, yes, right. Than we've had in a long, long time. And of Not, course, in Omaha, we'll have all the DKM and um, yeah, JP Morgan and all the scholarship and, winners and, from twenty and twenty one. And Plus I'm surprised we talked about Omaha this long and not talked about Omaha steaks, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Donna is here. Donna. Donna. Hello. Hi there. How are you? Hello. Hello, Miss Donna. Hello. 
Hi. Well, first of all, Mitch, uh, Mitch says that one of the best things he ever did when he was ACB president was to ask you to be the convention coordinator, Janet. So there you well, go. He better, he better say that. No, that's right. <laughs> well, he's laughing. <laughs> I said it. I said it. Thank you, Mitch. Yep. Thank did you. Did you hear him? He said, I said it. I said it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yep. He did. Um, I wanted to, um, I wanted to ask about the auction. Oh, I'm so hoping that you're going to have pictures of all those things that Mitch says, ah, oh, they don't need to have pictures did, of the did, jewelry. Hey, it's okay. Hey, Donna, Donna. I'm not in, I'm not in charge of the auction, but I thought I had heard that they, well, I don't know. I, I, I get it. Yeah, we're, we're well. We're working. There's definitely there, sure. there's there's definitely going to be pictures in the pre-auction, and uh, we're still the tidbits, the uh, appetizer uh, auction. Yeah, but yeah. but but mm -hmm. the you know they'll have whatever's being auctioned on the website. The pictures will be there. We're still trying to figure out if we're going to do it during the auction. But I yeah, all so I can say, and I got to be careful here. But I totally yeah agree yeah with yeah. You. I got that's you. out. That's out of my. That is out of your job. That's out of my jurisdiction. <laughs> Mitch says above your pay grade. It is above my grade, pay grade. Well, Most no, things are. No worries. I mean, Mitch is perfectly happy not to have the pictures That's of right. the jewelry in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you might want it even more if you saw pictures. Well, you know, I was I was sharing with someone that for me, sometimes I read the description and I think. Oh, and then I look at the picture and go, ah, uh, maybe not. And sometimes I read the or description. vice versa. Yeah, sometimes I read the description and I'm like, oh gosh, I don't think so. And then I look at the picture and I'm like, oh, I gotta have it. So that was the reason <laughs> so for my works my both ways. Yeah, it does. But, but I, I'm assuming, though, Donna, that that by and large you'd prefer to have pictures. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I absolutely would prefer to have pictures. There was something that was in uh, the auction and it wasn't a piece of jewelry, but it sounded really cool. And I thought, wow, I'd really like that. It was very unusual, but because I didn't have a picture, I didn't bid on it. So, I mean, yep. it would be awesome if you guys were able to do that, you know, yeah. but um, Ski for thank you for your answer. Ski for light this You're year. You're welcome. Thank uh, you, Mitch. Yeah. Had pictures Thank you to both of you. And it worked really, really well. Yeah. Yep. And Mitch says, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Take Excellent. Care. Thank you, Miss Donna. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Any other hands, Mr. Mitch or Mr. Rick? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I've been called a lot of things, but never Mitch. Never <laughs> Mitch. <laughs> well, so hey, first you for know you. What? I have to laugh. But My mom calls me Jim. And, oh, and, and I've never dated anyone named Jim, so I don't know who Jim is. <laughs> Bye. Good night. Bye, Donna. Good night, Donna. Thanks. Bye -bye. Thanks. It's so, so fun to be able to talk to people on here. I like it. It is. It is. So I, I guess I, I guess this means that um if 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 our convention is going to survive with higher costs and more money, we have to reach out to sponsors even more. Um, I I don't know if if this is something that you're involved in, but uh, does it appear as though our sponsors are sticking with us and that yes. that we're able to maintain? Yes, yes, it does. Um, yep. 
Tony, Tony Stevens is our sponsorship coordinator. And so he works directly with the sponsors, but of course I, you know, I stay involved with it and then some of them will reach out to me also. So yes, it looks like we're, you know, we're doing quite well with our sponsors. We're getting some exhibitors to sign up. It's um, I keep in Michael and I are in pretty constant contact about the exhibit hall and Michael Smitherman and I, and um, I, I do miss it's sad. Of course, Rick and I are always in contact. I don't get to work as much in a, in virtual land with Rhonda or Sally or Marjorie because we're not, you know, in person. So um, it's, it's weird not to. But that will change after this oh, yes. year. Ne- yep. Next year we'll be back to normal. And yeah. I have to say Rhonda's already looking online about potential tours for Omaha. And um, so we'll, you know, we're, we're do, ready to be back in person, too. Uh, and, and I don't know if you know the answer to this. You, you're, you're not required to. But do, do we know when the fall board winning is going to be? It is scheduled for um, October 10th, 9th. Very good. So that's that. Would I'm not also... sure how that's what how that's going to look, but that's mm-hmm. where it's, when it's scheduled for. That's when, you know. And, and that would also be when when the when the. The tour team yes. would go out and try to yes. Yes. sort we, through their stuff. Yes, that's what we're planning on. And, I you know, ended- when we go look at tours, you know, sometimes we we try to take, you know, several people with us this year with social distancing and all that. We're not going to be able to, you know, take as many right. on our tour site visits just because of logistics. Yeah, I, I, may, I may come anyway, so. May but, come but and if harass I, me? Yeah, but if I do. Um, if I do, I will make my reservations early because this last time I wasn't able to get a reservation at in, in Schomburg in the hotel. Oh, yes, because I believe you guys decided to come like two days before. Well, it wasn't quite that bad, but close. Three. It was three. All right. Three. Yes, I can. I can do wonders for getting reservations for people usually. But if, if you wait till the last minute. I can't always pull a room out of my hat. Miss Janet, in the next minute and a half, let people know how they can get in touch with you if they'd like to. You can, again, subscribe to the convention list at ACB Convention plus sign subscribe at acblists.org. You can email me at Janet, J-A-N-E-T dot Dickelman, D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N at gmail.com. Or you can call me at 651-428-5059. And I am available in person generally from 8 a.m. Eastern time to 10 p.m. Eastern time. And when I'm not available, my cell phone is turned off and sitting in my office, my at-home office. So if you think of something at 3 o'clock in the morning that you just have to ask me, you can call and leave me a voicemail. But I'm not going to answer then. Oh, such a, such a bad attitude, really. I know. I know. I'm only available, what, 14 hours a day? That's right. Miss Janet, thank you so much for being a guest and for oh. sharing. Thank you for having me. And 
if you want me to, I'll come back closer to the convention and we can talk a little bit more about what's planned. Maybe for I, part I, of Tuesday topic. See, see she yep. had she had no problem filling two hours. So if you burn it back, you I win, know win. I was. You got to do we, four. You got to do four we, when she comes. Yeah, <laughs> she's. We will expect to have you back sometime in June, Miss Janet. All thank right. you so much. It's and a date. Thank, thank you, everyone. Paul. Thank you, Rick, for listening to Tuesday topics. I have no idea you, yet Larry, what we're doing me. next week. But good night.